came marching with his men. One of them was Bran's father. His mother had enough love remaining in her for Bran, but after what the Vikings did to her family, wiping out all the menfolk, she had nothing but revulsion for those responsible, and the man who raped her beside the body of her murdered father was the focus of all the spite and bile in her damaged soul. It was because of his conception that he had chosen to become a smith. Working in the fields with those who taunted him about his bastardy was impossible. In preference, he chose the solitary work of a bladesmith. Not that it had been a bad life. He was married to his darling Geetha, a dark-haired, slender, lonely woman who cared nothing for his birth, but only that he was a kind, gentle father to their children. Not many men were as lucky as Bran, he reckoned. A beautiful wife, two sons, one fair like Hardaknut's men, the other more dark like Githa's folk. Curious how in his family the boys had taken on the appearance of their forebears. Enough wool-gathering. The iron and steel had been heated, and now his eyes told him that they were at the perfect temperature. He began the long process of beating them together until the heat and the hammering welded them into one coherent strip. Then he hammered them again, reheated the resulting bar, and beat yet another strip of red glowing metal to it. After that he deliberately left it alone for several days. It was like a good cider, he always said. Cider tasted better for being left to mature, and his blades strengthened with age. You couldn't hurry a good blade. It was almost two weeks before Bran returned to it. He took it in his hands and studied it critically. Wiping it on a corner of the great leather skin he used as an apron, he looked at it carefully before deciding how to proceed, and then set it back in his forge. First he rounded off the end which would become the point, and then he reheated it and beat it until the bar grew longer and flatter. The next day he began to give it shape, and he hammered the heated metal into a diamond section. There were many more stages in the creation of the sword, each of them undertaken with a maximum of care, the swordsmith roaring and cursing when the coals flamed too hotly, and the metal began to glow too furiously. Taking the utmost caution to make sure that the metal was at the correct temperature at all times, never too hot, never too cold for the task at hand, and then the quenching to give the metal its flexibility and strength. The blade was finished. He had taken a week and a half just to smooth the rough metal with his big circular stone. While Dudda, his older son, cranked the handle, the smith ran the blade gently over the rotating sandstone, slowly removing burrs and imperfections. Then they went to the second, finer wheel, and began the smoothing and polishing process, the old smith frowning as he gazed at the metal, 
while it changed from blackened dull grey to a shining white steel. Still scratched, he set the blade on his workbench and began to polish it with his fine stones, while Brada, the fair-haired second son, sat in the corner of the room and played with offcuts of metal. And when all was done, he sat on a stool with a mug of ale in his fist and stared at the blade with pride, saying to his sons, When a man holds this blade in his hand, he shall be invincible. No invader shall succeed against it. The man who wields it defending our country shall always overcome. When the invasion came, Bran was long dead. On the ship, Rollo saw a great thunderous foaming immensity slamming down on the heads of the men before him. He had time.